Welcome to Steve's Cottage with Steve Horner. Steve Horner, a former radio talk show host, helps spotlight the source of today's social chaos while offering practical solutions to the problems negatively affecting you and your family. And now, here's Steve. Hello, everybody. Boy, oh boy, it's good to have your company here. I'm Steve Horner, and this is Steve's Cottage. And if you're walking by and you hear that uh, cottage rocking and rolling and it's shaking and popping, don't bother knocking. Just come on in because there's no strangers here at Steve's Cottage. Oh, boy, I got a great show planned for you uh, today. And listen, if you're only getting the audio, now remember, several weeks ago, we were talking about the sorrowful Jew. We're going to touch a little bit on some of that Palestinian and uh, sorrowful Jew- Jewishness later later on in this program. Uh, program. And... Um, and remember, you're here to learn, not to be offended. You're here to learn and understand um, insights of different uh, aspects of life from, uh, from the minds of others. And uh, that's what uh, we intelligent people do throughout our lives. And uh, you, you are a member of that crowd, right? Because you come, a knock, you come a knocking here at the cottage. So it's really good to have your company. Uh, but what I'm saying here is that uh, YouTube took me off of their YouTube, and so that was the video. They said, oh, no, you're just being too hateful. Well, I am not a hateful person. I am a loving type of person. They just happen to be a bunch of liberal snowflakes that don't like anybody else's opinion. So they took me off of YouTube, and uh, Sean, my uh, exquisite engineer, producer, marketeer, and all-around good guy. Say hello, Sean. Hey! All right! And uh, so, so uh, uh, Sean has put me in... Now, we've got some big surprises, too, for some other big platforms that we're going on, but we aren't uh, ready for that introduction today yet. But right now, if you've only got the audio and you want the video to see the opening, to see my cheery, uh, ex- expression-filled face with the shades or without shades... Uh, go to Rumble and or Facebook and just type in Steve's Cottage, Steve Horner with Steve's Cottage, and uh, you'll be able to get the video as well. You know, putting together, together this show and, and just having experienced a, a birthday, and I'm so happy to have uh, lived this long. Thank you, God. And I'm not going to tell you how old I am today, but if you go back to episode one, you'll see that I say that the day I was born was the very day that uh, Jackie Robinson received the inaugural Rookie of the Year Award in Chicago, Illinois, on that uh, blustery, wintry November day. And I was thinking, you know... uh, as I was a elementary-aged kid in the 50s, it was a lot more peaceful in those times. Certainly, as you're living, living the times, uh, they are all stressful because they're all an upgrade and or a degeneration of uh, days gone by. But looking back on those days in hindsight, they were a lot more peaceful. They were loving, more more uh, family-oriented, the, the nuclear family, dad at home, mom at home, dad working, paying the bills. It was uh, much more intact, and, and, and therefore the children were happier. It was, the, harmony, the, the harmony in the family was intact. And, uh, and, and 
and they didn't spend the types of money that they uh, that we do now these days. Mom cooked at home, entertainment was at home, and uh, oh sure we'd 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 play out in the woods and we'd slide and sled in the uh, in on the snow covered hills during the winter and we played hockey and built snow forks and snow forts and during the summer we'd be down at the lakes uh, swimming. We'd go to the state fair. My friends and I would go to the auto show. Barnum and Bailey would come to town now and then. We'd go to the aqua follies in the, in the summer and the ice follies in the winter. And of course, these were not the big Metrodome type of auditoriums. These were, the, these were like maybe the uh, National Guard armories that we'd, we'd have around town in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And um, we didn't have any major league sports in Minnesota up until the late 50s when, uh, when the NBA came to town. One of the big stars of the college circuit in that time that went on to become a member of the Minneapolis Lakers that went on to become the Los Angeles Lakers. The show was named, the, 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 the team was named the, Los, the, the Minneapolis Lakers because of our 10,000 lakes. On my dad's sports show, they had a contest. And I've asked you before, just go to Mr. Minnesota Sports, Jack Horner, just like little Jack Horner sat in the corner. Jack Horner, H-O-R-N-E-R. And, uh, and, and, and during that time, there was a Jewish man named Abe Saperstein, who was an entrepreneurial type of uh, guy, and, uh, and 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 he created a really fantastic uh, group of guys that became a national, international phenomenon on on the basketball courts. And boy, I'll tell you, when they came on the court. And I remember my dad taking me and my whole family, five brothers and my mom, and, and uh, took us to the uh, National Guard Armory and uh, to see these black guys dressed up in their, in, in their basketball outfit. And Wilt Chamberlain was an early member of these group of fantastic, mesmerizing, ball-handling magicians. These, ladies and gentlemen, were the... Harlem Globetrotters. And they came on with a fantastic theme song called Sweet Georgia Brown. Isn't that fun? 
and they would just uh, pull and and this and this was their pregame warm up. They'd be in a circle and they'd be playing jazz and magician type antics with this basketball and twirling it and flipping it and and uh, the, the, their ball handling skills just absolutely put you put a smile and a laugh on your face from be from beginning to end. And uh, these were guys like Meadowlark Lemon and Curly Joe and Goose Tatum, Marquis Haynes, and Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain before he began his outstanding NBA career. And as a matter of fact, I met Wilt Chamberlain after Vietnam and after the service. I was down at the Brentwood Country Mart outside of, uh, I was living in Venice, and uh, uh, several days during the week, including Saturday, I'd go over there and work selling shoes and then uh, also selling uh, men's clothing. And uh, one day out there on the square, it was an open square, and Brentwood is right in O.J. Simpson's backyard. Fancy place, uh, upscale uh, area. And uh, so so the lady I worked with, Marge, she says, oh, Steve, there's Wilt Chamberlain over in the... T-. I went over there, introduced myself. I said, I'm Steve Horner. My dad uh, uh, was uh, doing uh, games back in, in, in those days. Steve, have a seat. Nice, big fella, you know, jovial and quiet and subdued. He was trying to find peace time there and maybe reading a magazine or a newspaper right there. But, you know, big man. And uh, Steve, have a seat. He says, uh, Jack Horner, you know, I, I remember your dad. He interviewed me as a, as a, as a globetrotter and, uh, and also after I uh, joined the Lakers. I remember your dad. Nice guy. And I said, well, thank you very much, Wilt. And uh, we always thought the world of you and always felt uh, attached to you having been part of uh, the Globetrotters. And, and so I asked for his autograph and, uh, and, and I moved on, shook his hand and very nice gentleman. You know, the Globetrotters was uh, uh, f- uh, founded by this Jewish man named Abe Saperstein from Minnesota. And, uh, and I bring this up his religion and his heritage up because because during that time in my life, I've worked for a lot of Jewish people and I've dated a lot of Jewish gals and a lot of, and I've affiliated myself with a lot of Jews in the military and in sports. And, and, you know, Abe Saperstein, uh, what an entrepreneur. How could you take any credit away from his genius entrepreneurialship who took the Globetrotters all around the world? Uh, what a creative, hardworking guy, you see? So it has, so, so the beef, I think, with people having something to do with Jewishness is nothing to do with their humanity. It, 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 it has to do something with their politics, same with Bob Dylan, Minnesota Jewish guy. I, I applaud Bob in, in my sequel to Cunt, <laughs> the pink book at stevehornerbooks.com. Write that down, stevehornerbooks.com is called Cunt. Can't understand normal thinking. You see, it's an acronym. Can't understand normal thinking. The sequel is called Consequences. And in that book, I, I applaud Bob Dylan. What a writer, what a singer, Minnesota Jewish fella. And it's like Barbara Streisand, L- love her, love her acting, great looking gal. I remember working at Deli's, uh, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie's Deli, uh, in a, at about a sophomore in high school, as a uh, busboy, dishwasher, 
And uh, one Friday evening, about six o'clock, a whole group of Jewish people were gathered around a table singing, people, people who need people. They were applauding Barbara Streisand, a fellow Jew, you see. What a beautiful situation. What camaraderie. But the deal with uh, being a Jew, which is how this show is titled, How to Be Jewish, and this is part two, interesting aspects of life on the last one as well, is that Jewish people typically do vote liberal, just like women in America these days, 80 to 90 percent. And with their hardworking mentality, it's hard to fathom why they do this. Maybe it's because they feel people need favors. That's kind of the pledge that Jewish people make as a, as a youngster. But then it gets to be, you know, not only helping a person up, but also to uh, help them fail. Isn't that what communism is all about? You don't have to participate because we'll take care of you. Well, it creates softness. You lack that, uh, you lack that, uh, that, that determination, that sacrifice that uh, manifests itself in the lives of those not living under communism. We work hard, we strive, we, we challenge ourselves, and that's what makes us feel better. But for some reason, the, the Jewishness and the communism are kind of attached, and that's why, they're in, that's why they are so, so much advocate, uh, advocates of welfare, handouts, homelessness. <clears throat> Then, of course, Jewish people have got that ethnocentrism, that us and them mentality. You know, look in the Bibles. How can it be more us and them than reading Jews and Gentiles? You know, it's a funny thing about liberals. They are so damn stupid. It's like they got rings in their noses and they've got puppet strings on their extremities. Jews who run, the, who run the press, the media, as well as Hollywood, they didn't, know, they, they didn't know the issues in Vietnam. We were called baby killers, but no, we were trying to stop the killers from killing babies. They were the, they were the communists trying to kill Mama-san and Papa-san in the village, trying to raise rice and fries, try to raise their family. But... Uh, but, you know, that's how it's going uh, in, in today's world as well. The, uh, the, the Jews who are running uh, the, the, the press uh, have created such a liberal mentality uh, across the country that these kids are uh, raising hell against, uh, against the Jews because the liberal press has told America that Jews are conservative, and so, therefore, because these college kids and, and, and the rest of their, uh, these, uh, these anti-Jew groups have been puppets, have been stupid because they are liberal, they have now believed, they, they believe that the Jews are conservative. And so, therefore, their enemies, who are the Palestinians, must be on their side. They must be fellow <laughs> liberals, you see? And that's how this whole thing has become twisted. And their liberal politics, their liberal politics raises hell with many who choose 
to live a more conservative lifestyle. Now, sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes, you see, when these liberal politics, these liberal politics that I'm talking about, you know, press a little too hard. These liberal politics press a little too hard, like the Jewish politics, the Jewish liberal politics. Sometimes when they press a little too hard for a little too long on many too many, well, you can expect a lot of pushback. And I'm saying, what the hell is this coming at me? 767 coming out of the sky. I'm in the World Trade Tower. I don't want to die. I want to live. Please, Palestinian man. Yeah. I said, I want to keep my head. I want to keep my hands. Please, Palestinian man. Walking to the Pentagon, the whole West Wing is gone. Someone got excited and they called the president. I want to live. Please, Palestinian man. Yeah. I said, I want to keep my head. I want to keep my hands. Please, Palestinian man. Listen to the radio talking about who got to go. I don't care who they say. I want to live today. I want to live. Please, Palestinian man. Yeah. I said, I want to keep my head. I want to keep my hands. Please, Palestinian man. Yeah. Here they come again on a Saturday night with their guns ablazing and their will to fight. I want to live. Please, Palestinian man. Yeah. I said I want to keep my head. I want to keep my hands. Please, Palestinian man. Wow! I said, please, Palestinian man, please, Palestinian man, trying to keep my head in hands. I said, please, Palestinian man, I said, I'm trying to keep my head, trying to keep my hands, please, Palestinian man. Aha, oh yeah, woohoo, yeah, that's it. That is fun, 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 fun. Well, that's what's happening, folks. You know, when you press your politics on other people at their expense, you can't push too many, too hard, too long without expecting some pushback. That's what it's all about. It's the politics of the Jewish folks here in America overseas that are pushing the wrong people too hard. And these are pat uh, um, paternalistic people in the Middle East. They believe the men are in charge. Men are in charge of the, of the families, you see. And uh, for generations and hundreds and thousands of years, uh, women have bought into this. But now all of a sudden American feminism wants to come over and shake this up and the pussy-whipped American man wants to follow along, and they want to coddle, in, uh, coddle up to the, uh, the, the Jew whose uh, campaign money comes in handy when we want to uh, run for office. 
And so I believe that that's how the uh, that, that's how the mix has happened, and that and 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 that's the tragedy of today's uh, Middle East conflict. I remember having a beer with a, uh, a, a a girlfriend of mine back during my single parent years. Single parenting guide is a good one, folks. That's at stevehornerbooks.com. Talks right from the heart and. Go to stevehornerbooks.com and look at that single parenting guide, uh, which was uh, written in 1995, but then has been updated several times, you know, because the cost of childcare and the cost of homes and jobs and so on and so forth. You'll see, I, I mean, there really is a host of some really wonderful testimonials there, and of which I'm uh, very, 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 very proud. Very proud. And uh, if, you know, if you know a single parent, in your life, uh, he or she will really appreciate it. So I had a birthday here the other day, and I received a lot of really, really nice, heartfelt uh, birthday cards. This was one of my better years. You know, some years you don't receive anything. This year, quite a few. And... uh, and, uh, you know, my friend John, my friend Porky, uh, my friend Carol, uh, my son, you know, just beautiful cards and uh, really heartfelt and very creative and very funny. But the one I want to read to you here is from my friend Ernie. Ernie's a few years older than me. I, I, I met him during my single parent years when I was running the Steve Horner Corporation, marketing and advertising out of my home. And uh, Ernie ran a uh, huge uh, business, product uh, consumer oriented. And uh, he and his family has since sold it to a Canadian uh, interest for $700 million. (laughs) That's a chunk of change. Ernie and I uh, went on the uh, ride across Minnesota three, four times during the uh, 90s. Bicycle, it was called the Tram, the Ride Across Minnesota. Beautiful, beautiful time to, uh, to, to form uh, camaraderie because uh, sometimes, you know, the weather and sometimes uh, some of the uh, hills and that can be challenging. Well, anyhow, we have stayed real close throughout all these years. And, uh, and, and Ernie's uh, wife is, uh, you know, is suffering with Alzheimer's, so she's at an assisted care home and Ernie's on his own, but he's got three beautiful daughters and their husbands, and they all get together, and, and he just went through a bout of cancer, and now he's cancer-free. He says, well, I don't, I don't know if it'll come back. I said, Ernie, I don't know if I'll die on the way to the, to, to the show tomorrow. But, uh, but, you know, you are cancer-free for right now. Well, this is the message I got from uh, Ernie. It's got a wolf on the front kind of going, oh! Hello, Steve. Happy birthday. This wolf reminds me of you. You're a free spirit, and your voice, your thoughts and beliefs clearly, and uh, with vigor. And you voice your thoughts. That's what it says here. And you voice your thoughts and beliefs clearly and with vigor. We've shared a lot over the years, and I greatly appreciate being able to speak from the heart with you, wishing you a great year. You're a great friend, Ernie. Isn't that nice? I felt the same wonderful way about that when I went 
I, I read my friend John's letter and Porky's letter and Carol's letter and my son's letter and it, it's, it just really, really filled my heart with uh, glee and joy and, and pleasure to, uh, to know that uh, I've got people out there that feel that way about, about me. I hope you have those people in your life too. If you don't, you can always nurture it. Because any one of these people I could have said nothing to over the years and have forgotten them, and they would have forgotten me. But I made the effort to reach out to them, and uh, thank God I did, and I treasure our moments together every single day. So you reach out to the people in your life and uh, find items of interest and in common to create that dialogue so you, so you mend those fences and you create bonds that last. And as you're traveling up those hills of challenges in your family and your work, and you see the mountaintop, sometimes get off that well-beaten trail and get over into the, uh, on, the unknown, into the untraveled trail, because I'll tell you, folks, it'll bring richer rewards, make you feel better about yourself, and that's what counts in life. So come by and see me again next time. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Visit Steve's Cottage again with Steve Horner.